Imagine, you're 13,000 years in the past, at the end of the last ice age. Most of the water on Earth is still frozen into huge sheets of ice. However, the sprouts of civilization are starting to grow. You, a Natufian hunter-gatherer in what's become modern-day Jericho, spend your days foraging, making tools, and using them to process meats and grains for your tribe to eat. Today, a storm is rolling in from the sea. Thunder cracks across the sky. You only have a few minutes until torrential rain. Where do you go to weather the storm? Well, around this time, early humans begin to go inside. Before the structures of the Natufians, the earliest humans created temporary dwellings out of grasses and branches. Because they were nomadic, moving from place to place with the seasons in search of food and more temperate weather, it was important for shelter to be easily constructed. In Israel, archaeologists have found evidence of these early dwellings. The site, called Ohana II, was submerged under the Sea of Galilee until 1989. A drought lowered the water levels, revealing small dwellings with open-air hearths stone tools, over 90,000 stored seeds, and even a human burial. The dwellings at Ohana II were simple, likely only taking a few hours to construct. But though they were quite primitive, these architectural experiments laid the foundation for the later semi-permanent homes of the Natufians. Natufians began to establish communities of semi-subterranean structures in the Fertile Crescent, an area of the Middle East often referred to as the Cradle of Civilization. Because of the wide availability of resources in this region, Natufians began the transition away from a hunter-gatherer lifestyle to one that relied on agriculture. They became more sedentary, creating villages made up of round, one-room homes constructed from stone and brushwood. The remains of these structures were first unearthed in the 1930s by British archaeologist Dorothy Garrett off of the banks of the River Jordan. Across multiple Natufian sites along the Fertile Crescent, 
an incredible amount of material culture, including tools, art, and some of the first evidence of domesticated dogs were excavated along with the foundations of their dwellings. With the creation of villages came increasingly complex social relationships among the Natufians, pointing to a significant turning point toward the civilization that we know today. But an important question has yet to be answered. Why did the Natufians move indoors? Why did they establish communities and family homes? What does home mean? It's something that most of us can conceptualize, a place where we feel safe and protected from the outside world. It's critical to our understanding of ourselves as human, separating us from other animals through the spaces that we inhabit. While there has yet to be a definitive explanation for our attachment to home, there are several theories that may shed light on our ancestors' motivations. In his 2015 book, Home, How Habitat Made Us Human, neuroanthropologist John S. Allen attempts to answer these questions. He says that home has become a place of homeostasis for us, where we can return to equilibrium. Having a stable environment is not only key to children's development, but their physical and mental health when they become adults. Children who grow up with inconsistent housing are at risk of the detrimental effects of toxic stress, leading to worse cognitive and socio-emotional outcomes compared to their peers. In addition, even when homelessness is experienced only in utero, children are more likely to be hospitalized and suffer from worse health for the rest of their lives. For those who are chronically homeless, providing stable housing dramatically improves their quality of life. In multiple studies, it has been shown that providing stable housing through government-funded subsidies improves health, reduces healthcare expenditures, and reduces rates of intimate partner violence. The impacts of housing instability are numerous and destructive. Without a home, it becomes impossible to return to the homeostasis that Alan explains is so important for us. But with a changing climate and the beginnings of a period of national economic downturn, homes that were once secure have been upheaved. As the temperature of our planet continues to rise, millions are being displaced forced to move away from the places that they call home. Even still, for those already experiencing homelessness, the effects of the changing climate are felt firsthand, as they face exceptional heat, cold, and pollution. The construction of single-family homes is an environmentally devastating process, destroying habitats and depleting natural resources. But 1.4 million homes in the United States are presently vacant, according to the U.S. Census Bureau. Luckily, some architects are looking to minimize the environmental impact of their buildings through sustainable design. Shigeru Ban is an incredibly innovative architect from Japan, who is best known for his emergency shelters built out of cardboard tubes. Though his structures are meant to be temporary, they show that sustainable, creative design is possible. The shelters have been used in natural disasters across the world, from a 1995 7.5 magnitude earthquake that devastated Kobe, Japan, to a 2007 post-tsunami rehabilitation project in Kurenda, Sri Lanka. For his work, Bond received the Pritzker Prize in 2014, often referred to as the Nobel Prize of Architecture. His extraordinary structures demonstrate the significance of home, even if it's temporary. These houses made of paper help communities recover in the wake of natural disaster, giving them a space to return to equilibrium and to rebuild. As a result of the COVID-19 pandemic, we've all spent more time indoors than ever before, probably more than we ever expected, becoming intimately acquainted with the scenery of our bedrooms. The effects of so much time in our homes is still unknown, 
but it remains a place essential to our psychological well-being and sense of self. There has yet to be a definitive answer to the question of what home is. Likely, this is because our experiences of home are so individual, it's impossible to make a generalization about what such an abstract concept means. Although it's cliche, home is where the heart is. It's where we do our human upkeep, our sleeping, eating, bathing, but it's also where we store so many of our memories and have had so many of our most formative experiences. Although our prehistoric ancestors likely would have never dreamed that their simple dwellings could evolve into the multi-story houses of today, their move indoors connects them to us, a through line from one front door to another. In the next episode of this series, we go further into the impacts of our changing climate on the inhabitants of Earth, big and small. Thank you.